of his choice. God Jordan and Lenora Jordan. He come to give God praise to lift up his holy name. Because he said in his word, if he be lifted up, he will draw souls down to him. So here we are to lift up his holy name. That's so it be saved. It's a pleasure being here once again. And today, 
I want to continue speaking about the God-ordained foundation of civilization, and today we'll be discussed the 12th one, which is the God-revealed fact that at creation, man was crowned with glory and honor by God himself. So all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. So as I start, now, some persons might wonder the reason why this 12th God-ordained foundation of civilization is little known today. So the fact that it was first mentioned in Psalm chapter 8, verse 5, then elaborated upon in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7 in the New Testament. However, notwithstanding the reality of this God-revealed fact that at creation man was crowned with glory and honor by God himself and the scriptures that support such, as we stay together on this topic today, this 12th God-ordained foundation of civilization, we will see the negative impact which the lack of this vital foundational knowledge has had on the true church to date. Now, although Moses experienced a measure of it when he went to the mount to receive the Ten Commandments, we all know what happened when he came down from the mount the first time. So notwithstanding all the information that I mentioned prior, the chief reason why believers know so little about the crown of glory with which man was crowned at creation is because of a misinterpretation of a verse in the book of Isaiah. And the following verse accordingly refers, which is Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, which states, I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. So that was read from Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8. Now when one realizes that our Bible was not written with the current chapter divisions as obtained today, it is surely advisable that we read the preceding chapters carefully. The reason why I said to read the preceding chapters carefully is because if we wish to understand fully what the chapter that we were currently studying is saying. Accordingly, when one studies Isaiah chapter 41, one can easily see that God was contrasting the worthless idols of the heathen, which could not currently help nor foretell what shall be in the future with he himself who was israel's savior who could foretell the future to prove his points he challenged those who trusted in their graven images to produce evidence that their gods lower g were alive and were capable of helping them now, the following verses taken from the said book of Isaiah confirm my statement that I just made. 
and its doctrinal position. So I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 41, verses 6 to 7, which states, They helped everyone his neighbor, and everyone said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smoothed it with the hammer, him that smote the, smote the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. And he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. Now, in addition to what I just read, the discourse continues with the following divine request, which is Isaiah chapter 41. I'm going to continue reading from, from verses 21 to 24 and verse 29, which states, Produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, saith the King of Jacob. Let them bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things, what they be, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare us things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that ye are God's lower G. Yea, do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed and behold it together. Behold, ye are of nothing, and your work of naught, and abomination is he that chooseth you. Behold, they are all vanity, their works are nothing, their molten images are wind and confusion. So that was taken from Isaiah chapter 41, verses 21 to 24, and verse 29. Now, it is against the backdrop of the uselessness of molten images, which the heathen were worshipping, that this Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 text was written when it states, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. So that's Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8. So in time since, additional proof that this Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 passage does not have mankind as its target group can be gleaned by reading the said prophecy of Isaiah, which anonymously states the following. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For, behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So that's Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2. Now, if Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2 be true, and we all know that it is true, then the current interpretation of Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8 cannot also be true. And if all the other prophecies of Isaiah concerning Jesus have been fulfilled to date, then this Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 2 prophecy will also be fulfilled. And God's glory, as prophesied, shall be seen upon us. So brethren, please take another look at Isaiah 60, verse 1. And see whose glory Isaiah says is risen upon thee. Then consider verse 2 
and see whose glory shall be seen upon us as was prophesied by Isaiah. And if unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given, if that be true, and we all know that they are, then we must also believe that Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 2, is also true, even as God is true. So brethren, because Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2, is true, the current interpretation of Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, which has graven images as its targeted subject, and not Israel nor the church needs some doctrinal adjustment to harmonize with Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2. So brethren, before I come to an end to this segment today, I solemnly invite you to consider carefully the following relevant episodes, which... I hope will have a confirmative impact on the topic being discussed today. So this episode clearly unfolds. And it goes like this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law, and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us, meaning that is Moses and Joshua, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord above, and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. So that was read from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 to 17. So end time scenes. Please pay special attention to the following relevant verse. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. That is Exodus chapter 24, verse 18. Brethren, what I just read is very clear to those who love all of God's will, more than the limited doctrines of their respective religions. However, if perchance you still have problems with my statement today, God revealed doctrinal information, please consider the following. God revealed verification that God's glory was seen upon the man's Moses. So the following verses surely confirm this fact. And I will be reading from Exodus chapter 34 verses 27 to 30, which states, 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he, meaning Moses, was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did eat neither bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of the testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist, meaning knew, not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. So I just read from Exodus chapter 34, verses 27 to 30. Brethren, my question to you is this. What was upon Moses' face that caused it to shine? And your answer is in verses 15 to 18 of Exodus chapter 24. And was, without doubt, the glory of God which covered the mount. Moreover, my number two question is this. What was on Moses' face that caused Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation to be afraid to come near to him? And your answer is in Exodus chapter 34 verses 29 to 30 verse 35 and was nothing but the glory of god in which he spent 40 days and 40 nights brethren i'll continue reading the episode and it goes like this and moses called unto them and aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him and moses talked with them and afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off, and he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses put the veil upon his face again. So that was Exodus chapter 34, verses 31 to 35. And that is consistent with the topic being discussed today. So my final question to you, my dear brethren, is this. What caused Moses' face to shine to such an extent that the children of Israel could not look upon it. While he spoke with them. And the correct and only answer is this. The children of Israel could not look upon Moses' face. Because the glory of the Lord was radiating from it. And Exodus chapter 24 verses 15 to 18. Exodus chapter 34 verses 29 to 30. And Exodus chapter 34 verses 33 to 35 surely confirms this fact.
Brethren, the glory of God is a divinely given inheritance. And from Psalm chapter 8, verse 5, we know that Adam was crowned with glory and honor at creation. Moreover, from Exodus chapter 24, verses 15 to 18, we also know that Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights in the midst of God's glory initially. And when he came down from the mount with the Ten Commandments and saw the Israelites in the throes of idolatrous worship, he threw down the two tables of stone on which the Ten Commandments were written and broke them. Upon the heels of that tragic incident, by God's command, Moses returned to the mount for another 40 days and 40 nights during which time God rewrote another set of the set commandments with which he covenanted with the children of Israel and gave same to Moses. Brethren, it is worth noting that when Moses emerged from the mount the second time, however, he emerged with the very glory of God radiating from his face. And so strong was God's glory on Moses' face that the children of Israel could not look upon it. As a consequence of the radiance of God's glory, Moses had to cover his face with a veil while he spoke to the children of Israel. However, when he spoke to God, he took off the veil. This fact, brethren, Though I mentioned earlier, can still be verified by reading Exodus chapter 34 from verses 27 to 35 in your very own Bibles. So now since God initially crowned Adam with glory and honor when he was created, as we read in Psalm chapter 8 verse 5, and later allowed the man Moses to experience his glory twice in a month, we know that man is still a candidate for God's glory. This fact was confirmed by King Solomon, who wrote the following in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 35, which states, The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. And Isaiah is far more convincing when he wrote the following confirmation. In Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2, it states, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For, behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So those are my doctrinal evidence, brethren. And it surely highlights the importance of this 12th God-ordained foundation of civilization, which establishes the fact that Adam inherited God's glory at creation and Moses experienced it twice in the mount. And King Solomon prophesies that the wise shall inherit glory, while Isaiah prophesies that God's glory shall be seen upon God's people. And this fact, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 2, unambiguously confirms.
so that's the end of my segment today i will be live next week monday again please spend time in your word daily remember that jesus christ will return so prepare yourselves for his return now i love you jesus christ loves you have a safe and productive week and remember that the word is there to strengthen you so bye for now I wrote that, yeah. So, uh, breathe.